a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Liz and Matt. And we are here to talk about the first three episodes of Andor, which were released uh, as we recorded this yesterday, September 21st. Um, when they were released, and up until early this morning, they were just called episodes one, two, and three. However, in the middle of me watching them, they changed the names of them. And uh, <laughs> now they are called Ca- uh, Casa or Casa. That would be me and reckoning. So Ooh. interesting how that worked out literally in the middle of the uh, of my viewing of them. So yeah, I mean they're 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 still writing it. It's yeah, it's fine. It's <clears throat> fine. That that is interesting because when I went to watch them, I went to write down the episode names, and it just did the old you know episode one yep. dash episode one or what have you. Huh. Yeah. I thought it was like the progress bar on the bottom of the Kindle where you're like, you are this far into a 12-hour movie now after watching episode three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, we, we should talk a little bit about it just sort of uh, in case someone discovers this in a time capsule in 50 years. Um, this is a prequel to Rogue One, which was a prequel to A New Hope, which was not one of the original Star Wars prequels. So if you can keep all those, all that prequel chat straight in your head, <laughs> that is where we find ourselves. Um, this takes place uh, five years before Rogue One, essentially. Um, and I have a note about that in a minute, too. Uh, we got three episodes. Um, each one was between, I think it was 38 and 48 minutes long, so probably just shy of... Probably like an hour and, you know, 40 minutes or so for the three episodes, um, you know, all told. Before we get into specifics, what did everyone think of the of the three-episode block? Liz, let's start with you. What, what did you think of these? All right. Um, I, I know we were talking about before how really these three episodes all you know, tended to bleed into one another. Um, I, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to watch all three of them, but I, I felt like I had to just to get the full story arc of what was going on. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed them, um, just like how Rogue One seemed to be generally separate from the rest of um, Star Wars in some way. I, this felt the same. Um, you know, Andor feels separate very separate from the rest of Star Wars as well in a variety of ways. It doesn't have a lot of its most recognizable elements. But I I still felt like um, something about it felt almost like uh, episode four and five uh, in some ways. Um, There are some other things, you know, I enjoyed um, that maybe we can expand upon a little later. Um, Some other things maybe I didn't. But those are sort of my first thoughts about the series. Matt, what are your first thoughts? My, I have two big first thoughts. The first one is Star Wars really did the fans dirty that went and saw the IMAX with the special preview feature <laughs> because it completely ruins the first three episodes of a 12-episode arc. And you knew the people that were going and seeing Rogue One again were interested in watching Andor. So why would you shoot yourself in the foot 
like that. So that that was frustrating to watch episodes that had a buildup that I knew was nothing. Um, and the second thought is, if I was not part of a podcast that talks about Star Wars, there is no way I would watch past episode one. Really? Huh. Really. Why it's, is that? There well, time is out. absolutely... Be, be, before I ask you that, yes. do you feel better about it after seeing episode three? No. I am, I am even more confused why episodes one through three exist now that episode three has happened. Interesting. Wow. Mm. Okay. That's a take. I like this. I, I, I like yeah. spicy takes on my podcast. So yeah, is, I, I like this too. This is good. Um, so I, I was telling Liz beforehand, I am reviewing the show in print for Multiversity Comics, and so I did not want my thoughts of future episodes to tarnish the thought for each episode. So I, I watched episode one, wrote about it. I watched episode two, wrote about it, and then I watched episode three. I have not written about it yet because I have to do this podcast, and then I have back to school night for my kid. So um, but I will eventually write about that as well. And so I was really taking them as episodes because, you know, except for the people who maybe, like us, knew we had to watch all three to sort of get into the discourse, I don't know if anybody's going to necessarily know to watch these three together. Like, if somebody gets Disney Plus in two months, they may not know these were released as a, as you know, a, a three-pack, and so they're going to watch the first episode. And I think as three individual episodes, it's kind of an abject failure in terms of making three distinct episodes that each have a beginning, middle, and end with reason to draw you into the next one besides the draw of just like, I don't know what's happening. I want to see how this wraps up. Like, good television, good episodic television either has... I mean, not every episode needs a cliffhanger, don't get me wrong, but there's there's, some, there's something to bring you back for the next one. And I feel like the third one did that. The third one, when we leave the end of uh, the third episode of Andor, we see sort of what's what the shape of the series is going to look like, and so we have a, we have a reason to tune back in next time. But each of the first two episodes ends in kind of a random spot that I can't really... Like that doesn't seem like a logical conclusion in any way, and so I think my thoughts on the show are probably uh, less enthusiastic than some friends I've spoken to who watched the three just in a binge and were able to take in the story as one. But I must say there were parts of the show that I, I liked quite a bit, and so uh, I'm surprised and intrigued by Matt's position on this. I know. Um, yeah. So, Matt, I'm going to let you sort of lead the charge here then. Give us some of your initial concerns about the show. I think part uh, – what worries me even more going forward is that we are introduced to a great – like a pretty big number of characters in the first three episodes with absolutely no reason to care about them, no general understanding of who they are or what they do. Um, that never really imagined anything anyway, because now we're moving in and we're eventually going to meet the rebels because much like Jurassic Park, there will be rebels in this rebels show. Right. <laughs> um, so 
I I don't understand both the idea of centering everything on Cassian as if we were supposed to like him that much from Rogue One to go along with a 12-episode series. I feel like at some point this existed as a young Han Solo story, and then they were like, no, we don't want a Wookiee have somebody else do it because all the beats feel the same but less important and less meaningful um and then beyond that they just really are forcing this idea of the corporation and introducing something almost completely new to star wars we've seen corporate enterprise here and there especially in um you know star wars rebels and things like that but they're not a stand-in for the empire in the same way we're supposed to believe it as well they kind of also, are the empire sort of like this they, they sort of have a contract with the empire to rule the other parts but they seem overall better but also less scary which leaves me in a point where, like, I don't, I neither care about them nor am scared about them. Oh, see, I feel like they're almost more realistic. I feel like I almost feel like they are more scary because it seems more like the real world. It seems almost more like they are just an actual entity that could exist. And see, I, I kind of fall and, in between the two of you. I'm sorry, let's go finish your point. Yeah, and just if we're talking about, you know, the forming of a rebellion, you know, what's going to drive people to I, rebel is something that is realistic. I don't know. So, I, I really liked the the one, the bad guy. I thought he was very good. I forget his name. Is that just because he's handsome like Kyle MacLachlan? I don't find him attractive. Oh, okay. I thought he looked like the son of Kyle MacLachlan, and that, that speaks to Oh, uh, he does so. a little bit. You're right. Um, but I don't really find Kyle MacLachlan attractive either. Wa- so watch Twin Peaks one day, Liz, and you, that, that will change. I promise you that. <laughs> it will change my mind. Yes, it will. <laughs> Wait, which bad guy? The one that's like the... Um... The younger one. Oh, not the... not the Okay, the one who the one who's deciding whether or not he wants to be a Nazi, not yes, the one exactly. who... Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um... Yeah, I, I could talk about local dreamboat Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, not local at all. I don't know why I said local. It just it just sounds better than dreamboat. But uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> say local. Well, maybe then. No, no. He, yeah, he, he, I believe he lives in Portland, but I could be wrong. Uh, no, he <laughs> nope. He's just the mayor of Portlandia on TV. That's why I'm thinking that. Um, not actually living in Portland, as far as as far as I'm aware. <laughs> God damn it! I'm always confusing Portlandia for real life. Why does this happen to me? Oh man. <laughs> I wish I wish real life was more like Portlandia for so many reasons. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I I thought that that the the corporation first of all it, this is you know one of the things that people will talk about ad nauseum is how Star Wars is basically a space western, and the idea of like a company town is a very western idea, right? That a company would open up a mill or a mine or something in a town, and then a town would build around that thing. And you would have these, like, basically everybody in town that isn't working for whatever that corporation is, is offering some service to the people who do walk, do work for that organization, right? So 
I thought that that was an it, sort of an interesting take on the Western elements of Star Wars that we don't get to see. Uh, it, it's showing us those Western elements in a way we haven't really seen before. So I appreciated that from a conceptual standpoint. I also mm-hmm. feel like what is interesting about these bad guys versus the usual bad guys is that there there appears to be no real like ethical or um their motivation is so simple it's just shut the fuck up and do your job (laughs) right like there, there there is no grand scheme here for them to go after and because of that i think they can be sort of cruel in a more individualized way like i feel like the empire is never going to look at a planet and be like what can we do to really fuck up naboo like they just don't care that much they're 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 so big without reason yes right yeah they they are so big picture doesn't matter whereas if you are controlling like six planets in a sector and you need to bring one of those planets to its knees you're going to be as cruel as possible in the way to do that. So I think that but, this th- this allows just a different kind of of uh adversary. But we saw them do that with with the Empire Big E with Lothal. We saw them do it with uh, a out of nowhere nothing planet that pissed them off so they put the screws to it. Like it Again, I don't know if this would feel better if I, we hadn't seen things similar to this, but in a different light. Or my other thing, though, is that why is it Cassian then? And why is this other guy a rebel hero then? It just the scope of it feels inconsistent at best. So I would say that <clears throat> the the scope of it is going to become more clear as the show goes on. I, I, my my gut feeling about this, and I could be wrong, and then Liz, I do want you to, to to jump in here, is I think that they feel like the way to tell a story like this is to, um, you have to give the audience a a surrogate character to put themselves in the shoes of. And I feel like it's just they have decided that this is the that Cassian Andor is the character to do that. And I think and like again, if if we're taking a step back here, I don't unless you're maybe deciding it's going to be Mon Mothma or it's going to be um maybe Bail Organa, I don't know who your other options are if you're trying to spin out some sort of character we've seen before into a new TV show. Like, just thinking about the other, like, early Rebels, is there anybody that you would that you would want you would rather see this about, Matt? And don't leave animation out of it. I know that for the three of us, we are comfortable with, with characters making that jump. But I feel like that is not necessarily something that is as easy to do as we maybe give credit for. I think it honestly would have been better with a character we don't know. Because it's so clear that in these five years, these stakes change 
totally that I don't know. It just I don't know. It for me, it did the pieces just aren't fitting together. I think that's fair. That's that 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 that's the issue for me is that again for like we've seen this story shown in a very similar way and do I think that this is a better depiction of what it would look like? Yes. But do we already have the same depiction but with the empire and with, you know, um Hera? Yes. Do we have the same thing with this depiction and Kanan? Yes. It just it feels very much the same but is trying to make it different and hasn't done enough to do that other than one guy is a little more wishy-washy than we see. <laughs> I, I think that, that I think that there there's a fairness to that. Um, I think that like for me, the things that I'm excited about for this show are more. I, I, I think the things I'm most excited about are things to come for this show. And what's frustrating about that is I do think there were some good things that were that were featured in these episodes, but I don't think we're ever going to get back to them. Like, I really don't know if we're ever going to see, um, I gotta get her name. Cause this is, this much like rogue one is terrible at saying people's names out loud. Oh, um, I can't remember anyone's name. Is, uh, Bix is her name. The woman who is, <laughs> who helps out Cassian and whose boyfriend then rats him oh. out and then gets killed for it because he sucks. Yeah. Like I, I thought that also she was the witch from uh, good omens. Oh, Oh, that's that. why in the back of your head you recognize her, but didn't know from where. I've never seen Good Omen, so I haven't. So oh, okay, yeah, so I can get that, Matt. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I am not anti Good Omens. I just have not had a chance to, uh, to watch it yet because kids, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think that character was was relatively well handled, and I don't know if we're ever gonna see that character again yeah. because they're going off the planet. And who knows if that if they're ever going to return? Um, but I, that the planet that had the reckoning that the episode was named after that didn't really happen. Yeah, <laughs> they walked away from that planet. <laughs> yeah, and that also has like his, um, you know, Cassian's adopted mother, who I think is also an interesting character, who we we may not ever get more time with, you know, and. Um, you know what? What what is what is frustrating about this is that I feel like th- there is there is plenty of time in theory to get to all of this stuff. I just don't see them ever really doing it. Like I I think the timeline is going to continue to move forward, and we're just gonna be done with these characters. Maybe we come back eventually, but I don't know. It just seems like a lot of time was spent on what's essentially a a three-episode prologue to what the actual show is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm wondering, is I feel like they planted so many seeds of information, like with Cassian's, even like his backstory when he was younger, and that planet, and then that ship that crashed. Like, who were those people? It wasn't really the Empire, was it? And what was that whole situation? So, uh, I... I I I saw something, and I was like, I'm misremembering this. Let me look it up. And I was right. And then I looked it up, 
and someone else saw it too and figured it out better than I did. I was like, I know that insignia that's on them. That is not a Republic insignia. Who is that? Those were separatists. Mm. That was the separatist symbol that was on those uniforms. Mm. Um, which is which is something we never really get to investigate. Um, you know, we, we, we very rarely see anything to do with um with the separatists. And so I thought that was a fun piece. But again, I don't think we're ever going back to that. Yeah. I mean, really? Really? Okay. Which uh, part? Maybe not. I, that We're not going back to that planet. Well, we're not going to. It's like, I, I feel like we're going to be looking for his sister, but we're not going to necessarily ever get back, go back to Can uh, Canary, as it's called, I believe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I'll be honest. Maybe there's smarter people than me, but the logistics of Canari break my brain. Okay, I don't. Here's so how it's I a think I it's a mining planet. All the adults died, and the kids, for some reason, don't speak basic. Um, and they're just fending for themselves now. Yes, the way that I took it was that there was some sort of accident that killed all the adults which is why when that ship crashes the adults all die that aren't wearing like oxygen masks mm. but for some reason the kids were able to survive oh so it's the tribe yes for all of those who watch New Zealand television yeah I don't but I, I got the reference um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that's sort of how I took that which was that there was like um, and so yeah I I, I don't know. I just I, I don't see a reason to go back there. Yeah, I I I liked the backstory. I thought they went to his backstory, and there's still so many so much information. And then I assume the guy with um his adopted mother, who was it, Marva, was his father, who they referenced, who was yes. like hung or whatever. Okay, yeah, because I feel like there's just so much information, and then. Yeah, I'm, I'm presuming when because that's something that Stellan Skarsgård's character, who I have to hang on, look up, look up the name. Let's see, his name is oh, Luthen. Yes, Luthen. Really? Oh, yes. Not, they may never have said his name. Actually, they may not have. No. Um, yeah. but Luthen basically. Why was he says, supposed to be scary? Why was who supposed to be scary? Luthen. Was he supposed to be scary? It was scary. Yeah, like she was really worried about calling him in to fence the thing. Like it was a weird. I, I just think that he he has he has power of some oh, okay. sort. You know, like he is he is somebody who you don't you don't trifle with because he's just mm -hmm. he's an important person for whatever reason. He did he did uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, well played, sir. Um, but yeah. Um. And so, I, I, when when Luthen says, you know, your father was hung in that square, I believe he has to be talking about his adopted father because how would he have any idea about what happened on Canari? Yeah. Um. So, Liz, let, let's talk for a second about where you sort of where you're standing with the the stuff we've already seen. Like, not to, I. I am. I keep trying to pull myself out of thinking about what's coming and just talking about, you know, what actually, what we have in front of us. So 
how are you feeling about like all this stuff? Do you think that this tells? Well, let me ask. Sorry, I'm changing my question as I'm asking it. <laughs> Do you think that this was necessary for the show? If what was necessary for the, the first show, three episodes, the like first, th- could could I, we I, have picked up with him and Luthen already doing their thing? You know, and I I feel like it's tough to say without knowing what is going to come afterwards. I don't know where the story's headed. I I do like backstory for a character. I do like knowing where Cassian came from. Um, I, I and I guess we get a little bit of info. It, it seems like he's going to be driven by looking for his sister moving forward, and we find out a little bit about their past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. Again, I, I'm not sure how much of this ultimately will shape his character moving forward. And if we don't, you know, if this isn't built upon, I, you know, ultimately, I don't know if it is a waste then. Um, and I, you know, I guess if we just think of when we first met Cassian in Rogue One, um, he's not, I mean, I guess at the end of the movie, you know, he dies, I guess we could say heroically, but I I don't know if he's necessarily a hero in Rogue One. I guess it all depends on your definition of a hero, what kind of heroes we're talking about. And I guess he's the main character of this series, but I am curious to see who else we meet along the way here and how important they are maybe along his, you know, journey. Um, I know you mentioned Bix and I thought she was um, an interesting character. So I hope she's not left behind. So I think that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is all these other characters um, along the way. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if the, uh, the faux Imperial guy whose name is Cyril mm. Karn if he pops up again, I think they're going to try and get him to join the rebellion. It just seems mm-hmm. like him staring at that um, that like wreckage for two minutes. He clearly realizes something is up in his life, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if Bix is a part of that, uh, as well as there's the guy Brasso, who is like Andor's buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's, and I guess his mom. Like to me, those are the characters that exist on on that planet that I could see them going back to, but I don't think that I don't think that there's necessarily enough for them to be a major part going forward. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they show up in season two, which we know is happening. Mm. Oh yeah. And, and maybe that droid, what was that droid? Oh yes. Um, B2 B- emo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't have enough of a comb over to truly, truly be emo. Um, He stuttered and looked like a penis. (laughs) And got pissed on. He did. He did. Right right in the opening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I wanted to talk to you guys for a second about something we see very, very early on in the first episode. In the first episode, there's a scene that to me felt very much like a similar scene in Rogue One, where it's the scene where or Cassian, I keep trying to, he wanted to say Andor, but Andor is the name of the show, so by saying Cassian, it just makes it easier. 
um, where Cassian is, he's in that brothel, and those two company men sort of fuck with him, and he winds up killing them both. I felt that the the purpose of that scene was to show us that he like ultimately has a good heart, but also isn't afraid to kill and get things messy if need be. And I yeah, we had that okay. essentially exact same scene in Rogue One where there's that informant guy that he kills mm-hmm. in like the first scene. Uh, I have a question. Do you think that? See, I I thought of that more as like the opening scene to Casino Royale. Do you think that's his first kill? Um I don't know. He he, he they mentioned before that he was or later on rather that he was arrested for insurrection at some point. And uh so I I wonder if that is his first kill. I'm not sure. That that's an interesting point though. Mm-hmm. Um But I also mm-hmm. I, sorry, go ahead, Liz. I was going to say I didn't really think about it at the time. I, I assumed he had killed before. I mean, he he kills the second guy pretty easily. If that was his first kill, like his his second kill comes very because it comes very quickly. <laughs> then, uh, if that's the case, um, but sort of m- one of my bigger problems with that scene though is, so I feel like the only reason to include that scene in the episode is if you want to remind us that this character has moral gray area. But when you put him up against the Empire slash, you know, the the corporation, those guys are so clearly evil that you're going to root for him no matter what. And so it somewhat undercuts the, the attempt to make him morally gray if the other side is pitch black. Does that make sense? It, it does. It, I, I, yeah. The only thing I can think of, too, is it, it puts him, he's on the run. There's a reason for Cassian to to need to leave, to go somewhere. It's sort of a spark, a catalyst for him to get moving. I I will say, I the issue with that scene feels very much, for me, kind of an issue with a lot of things that keep me from liking this. It's very interesting in a show that specifically talks about no half measures um, that everything they do is a half measure. Interesting. Like we sort of see a reckoning, but not really. We sort of see Cassian maybe be a hero, maybe not, but not really. We just kind of got to wash it away. Um, it Everything just feels kind of they had a good idea, but decided to go in a different direction midway through. Interesting. Um, so Matt, for me, I, I was. Oh, sorry. No, no go ahead. No, because I was very excited about um, the idea of a reckoning, and they. I, I really loved the scene where they were um, drumming on. The metal as a warning to each other, and I loved how the emp- the you know, the empire, the corporate company, um, misinterpreted that, um, and how they end up destroying the ship. But I assume they don't kill all of them because that guy who we've been forced to look at for three episodes has to be moving forward in some fashion. Um, so. I don't know. Did you guys notice that Dave Filoni was one of the people banging on the metal? 
Oh my gosh, I did not. I did not know. I, I, I did not look that up. I, I can't, maybe that's me talking about. I was almost positive that Dave Filoni was one of the uh, one of the folks banging on the metal. Was he wearing a floppy cowboy hat? He was not wearing a floppy cowboy hat. Maybe that's why we didn't recognize him, because he was not wearing... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wasn't wearing a floppy cowboy hat and or uh, a Star Wars branded t-shirt or hoodie. <laughs> I feel like that's... Yeah. Those, he is always wearing one of those two things uh, at all times. Let's see. I'm seeing if he's listed on IMDb. Um, I don't want his producer credits. I want his actor credits. It does not show yet on IMDb, but I'm I'm going to believe that that, that was correct. Okay. I'll, I'll screen grab it. In our hearts, we'll uh, we'll say it. Yes, of course. I'm. Why not? Um, so Matt, my question for you is: I know you had said that if you didn't do a Star Wars podcast, you would not uh, keep watching. Which I, I I both believe you and don't believe you because I feel <laughs> like Star Wars is just it's such a part of who you are. I can't imagine you ignoring an entire Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. But I'll. I'll I will. I will allow you to. I will allow you to speak your own beliefs and not speak for you. Um, but my question for you is: um, What is it that you would like to? Like, what are you going to need to see in episodes four and onward to feel better about the show? I am interested to see this whatever rebellion esque group we are going to be folded into whatever rebel pocket we get associated with. Um, how interesting that is, is going to be a big piece. Um, again, I, for me personally, throttling back on the corporate end of it would be good because as interesting as a concept, as I think it is, it just doesn't work for me in this series. Um, and I do need less of the lost style flashbacks. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, a 25, 75 split, uh, cause we have to see more of him, you know, learning basic and, uh, getting connected with his adoptive mother, things like that. Um, but uh, for me, what I found very interesting and maybe, as a big Star Wars junkie, the idea that I wouldn't have watched anymore, I was okay with. Because I had a thought yesterday that there's so much Star Wars content and good Star Wars content that not everything needs to be for everyone. I agree This with that. might not yes. be for me, right. and I'm okay with that. I think that's a very healthy attitude to have. I wish I could have it. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, what are you hoping for in season in episodes four and beyond? Um, I I feel like uh, in terms of the same as Matt, in terms of sort of uh, what sort of rebels we wind up with here, um, what kind of group, and just how they I, I guess form and function ultimately. Um, I I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most right now. Um, and just how the show continues in a way, you know, without some of the most recognizable elements of Star Wars. I, even just the dialogue feels different. Um, so I, I'm just curious to see how that continues. Yeah, I, I think for me, the, the two things I really want to see is I want to see the show really embrace 
the messiness of the early days of the rebellion. Like by the time we see the rebellion in a new hope, they have somewhat streamlined the process. I'm interested to see sort of all the messy early stages of that. I'm, I'm excited for that. And the other thing is, I do think that the character of Cassian Andor can be an interesting one that can do some stuff that maybe we didn't, um, we didn't think we'd see. Like I, I just, I, I want them to give me a reason for this to be. I want there, I want there to be a, a, a reason for this character to exist in this show. I want us to end this season by saying, like, "Wow, I'm so glad we got more of Cassian's story," mm-hmm. and not just we got a cool re- rebels tale. Because while that is very cool, I still want there to be more than that, right? I want there to be a, I want there to be a feeling of. This character is becoming one of the more important characters, and not not important in terms of like, you know, most connections to the original trilogy or anything like that. I don't mean that. I mean that, like the way that after the Clone Wars, people talked about Ahsoka, the way that after Rebels, people talked about Hera. The way that after The Mandalorian, people talked about Grogu. Just, like, mm-hmm. the idea that this character is now, like, an intrinsic piece of Star Wars. I want Cassian Andor to feel that way. Yeah. I don't I, I, want to feel yeah. like I did at the end of the Book of Boba Fett, where I said, <laughs> like, why was this a thing? Yeah. I, I really want, at the end of, hopefully by the end of the first season, if not longer... But I want to feel that this is a story that we needed to be told by Cassian and not that this story could have just been told by a young Han Solo, but we don't want to recast actors anymore. Right. And I feel like the first three episodes didn't leave me feeling like that. Mm. Fair. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking before we came on the air about how often we're going to talk about this show. And I think it really depends if the future episodes are more self-contained or if they're going to feel this like chopped up, chopped up, you know, longer episodes. So I don't know what we're talking about next, but we should say at the end of this month, end of next month, rather we have, um, I already forgot the name of that new show, (laughs) the animated series, the um, Tales of the Jedi. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it, this is bad. Again, there's just too much Star Wars media, but that 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 starts like next month, end of next month. So oh, wow. we'll we'll definitely do something between now and then. Um, but until then, remember the Force will be with you always.